0: Welcome to the Road Racers Podcast at www.roadracerspodcast.com.
1: Now, get ready for the drop of the green flag.
2: Welcome to the Road Racers Podcast. This is Derek Ross, your host of Road Racers Podcast. That's cars racing on road courses, left turns, right turns, up through the gears, down through the gears, on the brakes, on the gas, sliding around, having a good time, rain or shine. Hey, and if you're not a big road racing fan, maybe just hang out for a bit, see how you like it. Strap into your seats, let's go to the track, let's talk to some people, have some fun when it comes to the world of road racing. So sitting here with Cindy Lux. Good, very we're good. At, On a hot day. Uh, <laughs> how are you doing, eight? Yeah, no kidding. no kidding.
3: No, doing good. Doing good.
2: We're at Miller Motorsports Park. Got your uh, Mopar Viper out there, car number two. We do. Ready to rock?
3: Getting there.
2: Tell me a bit about uh, your weekend.
3: You know, to be honest, it's been uh, it's been kind of a... I'm not they scramble. But it's a little, a uh, little confusing here on the setup. We're chasing it pretty hard, to be honest with you. Um, usually we're able to kind of nail it pretty quickly, but this track is just throwing everybody for a loop, and we are just about throwing everything, all but the kitchen sink. I mean, it's just amazing what we're doing right now. So, I mean, we've changed diffs twice on I mean, gear ratios. We changed types of discs. We changed spring race about four times. We changed, I mean, transmissions. You name it. I mean, the roll center. We changed it. We've. I mean, it's just. I don't think the guys have made this much change on a car on our cars in many 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 races but this track miller what happens it it is it is very fast but it's very smooth it's almost to the point where sometimes it's almost too smooth where there's actually no grip on some of the stuff and the wind blows slightly because it's so dirty out here it even gives you a little bit more of a challenge to find grip. So no disrespect to the track. It's not the track's problem, but it's just a little bit more challenging for teams to set up for. So, right. And you know the
2: track very well since you're an instructor here right. at the, what and, was the full name
3: of the school. Miller Motorsports Park, yeah. It's just the driving school here uh, right. Miller Motorsports Park. And it's, uh, yeah, so in one way it's just a little bit frustrating on my side because I know exactly how a car should operate and where it should operate and sure. where the car should be. But you know, on the side of the coin, you know, right now in the first practice round we're 8th. We're um, we're only a second out of the top spot, but within the first 15 cars, there's only one second that divides us. Okay. So it's pretty tight. It really is. So you know,
2: son of Speed GT World Challenge competition, always tight. It
3: is, and it is, and there's always a, a level of games to be played. You know, um, sure. But uh, you know, it's it's the thing about it is it, we're so lucky to come on board with Mopar this year um, and, and doing that program. And the neat thing about Mopar is they truly understand how to activate a motorsports program it's not a matter of, of you know throwing some dollars your way and, and throwing a sticker on the car they, they truly it's, it's very refreshing is what it is because they truly know how to get the most bang for the buck but also to get the consumers out there involved with these programs so uh, it's kind of fun it really is good
2: and i uh, got to hear one of the interviews you did with a radio station in portland uh, i think you called in from long beach from the race there and uh, you were joking or talking about how that uh the part number for this car, <laughs> the Viper Competition Coupe, is only one number off from, is it a windshield wiper?
3: Yeah, windshield wiper blades. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, the interesting thing on these comp coupes, on these uh, Viper comp coupes, is you legitimately could go into your Mopar, your your Chrysler dealership on the parts counter and put down a part number and order it, and theoretically put down your credit card, and six weeks later, you know, a, a comp coupe race charge will be delivered to your doorstep. So it's actually kind of funny in all regards, you know, but uh, I think it's great. It really is.
2: Well, I'm sure you have a lot of people following you for a number of reasons. One is I first met you in the early 90s, both living back up in the Northwest, and you were chasing a clutch problem on a little German made uh, exactly. car, which exactly. I think you still have. Exactly. You still car. have that car, still you have bet. That car. Yep. Okay. Yep. I was at Portland uh, International. Yep. And uh, no, you've been road racing forever, but and uh, obviously a woman driver, which is very much in vogue these days. <laughs> and uh, of course, you're not new at this. You were one of the originals of motorsport, and people just. Now, now you're at the level people kind of go, who's, Who? Who who's is this who's, Who is this? Yes, yeah. Right, yeah. Right.
3: Who's this, new, this new kid exactly. on the block, right? Exactly. It's kind of an well, overnight sensation that takes 20 years. 20,
2: yeah, that's right. Exactly. So I was going to ask about your, your early days. So, you know, like I say, was uh, there a conference weekend or SCCA weekend in Portland? Uh, I think it was actually one of the six-hour Enduros where I first met you. How did you get involved in motorsports?
3: Well, there's the real story, then there's the fun story. But actually, uh, my family, actually, it's kind of, no, my, ba- my family. Don't listen, kids. Go to bed. Exactly. Go to bed. Don't listen to this deal. Uh, My family was involved in motorsports, my grandfather and father, my two older brothers. But being the youngest in the family, um, I was never really allowed to go to the racetrack. Because back then, it was not a place for girls and babies to be and stuff. So when I was born, uh, the family kind of at that point, my dad decided to kind of hang hang it up. Uh, But both my two brothers, one was a drag racer and the other was a road racer. But, again, it, being the youngest, I was never allowed to go with him to the track and whatnot. But it wasn't until I graduated from college in, in Tacoma, Washington, went down to Los Angeles, got a job for, actually, Toyota Motor Sales down there. Um, I stayed at my first couple of paychecks and went to a driver's school. And after that, I realized I had to do it. And I went and bought a, a car from Paul Rossi, you know, and oh, picked sure. the car up. And had. And it, the funny thing now, is I look back on it, I bought the car, and I remember trailing it home on a U-Haul trailer. I lived in an apartment in Hermosa Beach i had no tools i had no garage i had no place to put it the the thing sat on this u-haul trailer in an open-wheel trailer in front of my apartment for like two days for me to and by then it took me a while to find a place to store it i mean it's just i look back on it now and i just cringe i'm just like what was the stupidest thing and i went and maxed out every single credit card that i had you know and did that for a couple years and a couple guys there actually at toyota felt bad for me and a couple guys in the tech shop so they came out to the racetrack and kind of helped out and so one thing led to another, and then we kind of came on board with Mitsubishi and, and did some stuff with them back in the late 80s. Um, did a lot of endurance driving with them, which which I think really gave me a solid ground at that point from a driving standpoint. And so we did a lot of, of that, um, and then we just kind of moved on and started doing some other stuff. But it it took me about seven or eight years to do my own programs, you know, eating macaroni and cheese and living out of the backseat of the, you know, one of our tow vehicle or something, but um, it's just it, there's many nights, many times where I just could have very easily hung it up. Um, you know, and people think sometimes there's doors open up because you're a female. Well, it's a bunch of crap, is what it is, because the bottom line is you got to perform on the racetrack. I mean, right. it's just you got to bring home the checkered flags. People say, well, from a marketing standpoint, well, in some cases it's actually worked against me. People don't realize that I go in these corporations looking for you know sponsorship money. Sometimes some corporations are so old school they're not going to want to take the chance to sponsor a female because they want somebody per se that's going to win so it's it's kind of almost sometimes it works against you you know what i'm saying so but the other side um you just gotta that's the reason i spent many years focusing on my driving is that trying to make myself a better race car driver so when i'm in the cockpit that i can get the win so on monday morning when i pick up the phone or go in front of the boardroom that there's something to show versus just i go out there and you know tromp around in 20th place Right. You know, no. We set the we set the pole position. We set a track record. We came out with the win. You know, and the whole thing. That's what helps the business side. So, you know, to kind of answer your question in a long long-winded way, you know, it's 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 a career. It's been a long time. You know, um, it's never say never on on the die side. and You just got to keep, you know, coming along and and just keep pushing. And you know, there's been some times where we make a lot of sacrifices. I mean, it's like any race car driver would tell you. It's it's this is a sport that you have to make sacrifices in order to get ahead. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, and it's a hit and miss. But so it's, it makes you very humble. It really does. And it makes you appreciate, like right now, for, for example, right now with this Mopar thing, this thing can go away as fast as it came, you know. So I'm working very, very hard to make sure that we are exceeding their expectations to make sure from a business standpoint that we're, we're good to go.
2: Well, I know uh, personally from the days when my father uh, purchased a 62 Chrysler the week I was born. And I still remember the mats on the floor of that Chrysler that said Mopar. So a lot of Mopar blood in, in my past. That's and cool. I'm sure you have a lot of people as you, uh, you go to different events come up who are big-time Mopar fans and, uh, you know, actually meeting you in the flash, plus seeing the car. I mean, the car itself must be just a huge draw.
3: It, it is, and it's it's it is true. And it's the Mopar, you're such right there. It's almost necessarily a cult, but there's a lot of history there. I mean, it's it's really neat. Um so it's neat to work with the fans. It's kinda of fun from our standpoint. My grandfather actually had the Chrysler Plymouth dealership that we started way back when in nineteen twenty nine. Awesome. So it's kinda of fun. I remember as a little girl when I was like nine, ten years old sweeping out the, the parts counter, you know, on weekends, summer help and stuff. And so was that in the northwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so actually my brothers drag raced all the AAR CUDAs, you know, way back when oh, and, and my cool. brother rode race, you know, par products. And so it's it's kind of neat, it's, it's fun for the family, for me now to quote-unquote be part of the factory Mopar program, especially with our family heritage and stuff. And so in fact, I didn't even tell them until the announcement was ready to be made for longer. I didn't want to, you know, jinx the deal, or I didn't <laughs> want to get them excited, you know, and, and uh, it was a really proud moment I was able to tell the family that we got the deal. It
2: must been very, very
3: proud. Yeah, it was pretty neat. That's awesome. pretty neat.
2: So a lot of your time is spent here at Miller uh, teaching. Yes, it is. And uh, hear awesome things about the school. Uh, tell us a little bit about the it's, school.
3: It's really a state-of-the-art facility. It really is. Um, the school, there's it's multifaceted. I mean, in, in such regards, the equipment is brand new. Uh, Ford is obviously heavy involved, heavily involved with our programs. Um, we run the Mustang GTs here, um, the V8. and it's just, There's a great training car. They really are. Um, and the neat thing from there, we can progress to another car, uh, which is basically what we call our, our uh, Mustang Challenge cars. Um, again, these are these are darn near full tilt race cars. I mean, they really are. There's no interior. We have data in them. We have just wonderful BFG tires on them. But there's a lot of grip. And there's, and then we go in with the Ford GTS. We have program people to come out and drive the Ford GTS. They can come out and drive Cobras. They can anything with the Ford badge and just about. They just keep delivering cars to us, and just just kind of incorporate the program. So it's getting very, very popular. You know, it's a neat place to teach, as you know, being around other racetracks. Sure. This is probably one of the most safest tracks. You know, Alan Wilson and Desiree did a great job designing it. Um, for, for it's very difficult. You have to do something pretty darn stupid in order to hit a wall here. You really, really, or have a huge mechanical failure. These guys have made this probably one of the most safest race tracks in the country. So, from a teaching standpoint, it's wonderful. Um, I, I think that's part of the draw that people have here. Plus, just look around. This facility is a state of the art. Yeah, I mean, if you just awesome. close your eyes, you don't want to say that you're at Le Mans. You know? Yes. Yeah,
2: it's- It's a great facility. So, growing up with the family influence of automotives, automotive side of the business, plus the racing side, um, maybe someone in your family or other racers, was there someone who you as a young girl growing up looked at and and was kind of a, uh, you know, you may have said, I want to, be that person or be like that person or did you have some people you followed as a kid
3: you know Derek, you that's racing? the that's the weirdest thing is that i never really followed racing growing up because at that point the family was putting on a back burner you know what i'm saying sure and and that's what was, i mean for me it was all about horses i showed horses all the way from six years old all the way up till i graduated from college and that was what 23 24 years old i mean i mean big big effort we you know it's kind of like a, the sh- they're equivalent to what we're doing here in the sure. world of, of showing and stuff but um, no, it wasn't really until I kind of just went off started doing it where I really started noticing, well, this was the sports kind of fun.
2: And, and you also ski raced too, is that right? Yeah, we did that for a while
3: and, and uh, studied the martial arts, played a lot of tennis. I was actually on the tennis team for, I think what it was is that I, I was always maybe a very competitive person, you know, um, competition always kind of drew me in. Um, and it wasn't until I actually went down and saw my brother race, where was he? I think, I think he came down to Riverside or Portland and, and I saw him race at one point and I'm like, God, if my brother can do that, I most certainly can do it. You know, and that's, you know, that's what kind of started the process.
2: Well, it's very fitting the name of the car driving as a Viper Competition Coupe because you're all about competition, right?
3: Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's kind of strange that it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I just love, I just feed on competition.
2: Yeah, I know you love to get in there and mix it up with the boys. Hmm? Had the pleasure of uh, going back 10 plus years, working with you on a number of programs for manufacturers yep. and tire companies and stuff. And uh, it's always a good thing when I'm told, hey, Cindy, Cindy's deal. Okay.
3: Not even, no, not yeah. some, some good stuff. And it, it's just, you know, and it's sometimes being a female, you know, can, like I said, be a good thing, bad thing. But the bottom line is, the car doesn't know any different. Right. If you're driving it, I'm driving it or whatever, you know, I mean, bottom line, the car's going to do what we tell it to do. Yeah. It's not rocket science of stuff, for God's sakes, you know. Right. So, so it's kind of interesting seeing the females right now in the sport, you know, um, it's, it's people say well you're kind of surprised by it or is it kind of neat and I was like to me it's it's not that big a deal right if you're in, the, if you're in good equipment you got the dedication and you got the you know the the, the right ability to do the job it's gonna come it's right. totally gonna come so um yeah it's it can be it can be challenging but like I said but most of importantly you just gotta have fun you just gotta have a good time
2: well, we wish you the very best, and we don't want to take up more of your time because we know we are actually right in the middle of a race weekend. That's right. Uh, look forward to hearing in the future more good things from you and uh, hearing the story of how you got the handle on this car and uh, ended up being one of your best weekends. Well,
3: trip. I certainly hope we have good results for you, you know, and I hope we have a good ending of this story, but uh, right now I'm, I'm very cautious, as to say, and the last night I was probably awake. I probably got about an hour and a half sleep the whole night so I'm pretty worried about this weekend, but... Uh, you know what? The bottom line is, it, it is what it is, and, and I'm sure these guys will put a good race car underneath us, and if it's a 10th place car, it's a 10th place car, if it's whatever, but bottom line is, we got a race coming up in two weeks, and we'll be there too.
2: Right, so Lime Rock is?
3: Uh, we are, next outing will be Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen. Glen. Lime Rock will be for touring cars, and then we head off to uh, the Glen, right. and then we head back to Road America, and all sorts of fun stuff, so.
2: It is one of those great feelings when you're in the car, check and flag goes, or the lights go, drop the clutch, foot to the floor, and everything else to worry about, out the door. Out the door. It's what's in front of you. What's in front of you. Just make it happen. Yep. Deal with, it is what it is. And
3: with, the, with this series, dude, standing starts. It's exactly that. It is probably the biggest rush a race car driver can have is to do standing starts in these cars. It is so loud on the start straightaway. You know, when you, everybody had the rp, you, you can't even hear your motor because everybody's right there. They're on the rev limiter and stuff, and it's just. Let me just tell you, that's a different ball game going into turn one. Um, yeah. Or breast on the deal. It's uh, it one. can be a little hair raising at times
2: on your website some of the video clips of going into turn one long <laughs> reach, and talk about uh, overamping on the on the audio is like wow that's like a swarm of bees it was, it was yeah, pretty wild. it's pretty wild but yeah it's a great move so cindy thank you very much thanks Derek. the road racers podcast would like to have your input we're always looking to make this a better show and we'd like to get your feedback now there's two ways to do that please call us on our comment line 206-888-4301 and please let us know which podcast it is you're commenting on your comments may be used in upcoming shows. So if you got a good idea and you want to hear yourself on the Road Racers Podcast, call us in. Let us know what you think. Again, the number is 206-888-4301. And if you prefer not to have your voice on the show or not to be heard, then you can send us an email. Just do it to feedback at roadracerspodcast.com. Again, that's feedback at roadracerspodcast.com. Now, if you know somebody specifically that should be on this show, please let us know. We want to make this one of the best things you can find out there in the world of motorsports. This is Derek Ross, hoping you've really enjoyed the show. We'll see you at the track.
0: You have been listening to the Road Racers podcast on Race Remote. Your host has been Derek Ross.
2: To
1: subscribe to the Road Racers podcast... And for all show notes and more information, you'll find us on the web at www.roadracerspodcast.com. You can also find us on iTunes. The Road Racers Podcast is a production of Racedrive Interactive, Inc., providing winning interactive solutions for the motorsports industry.
0: Road Racers Podcast is copyright 2008. RaceRive Interactive, Inc. All rights are reserved.
1: The Road Racers Podcast is a proud member show of the Race Remote Media Network. Motorsports at its best. No batteries required.
0: For all the latest shows and updates, please visit www.raceremote.com. For marketing opportunities and more information, call our friendly marketing department at 818-430-RACE. Or see us on the web at www.raceremote.com.
1: Thanks for supporting motorsports.
0: Now get to a race event and take a friend. I'll see you at the track.